Hi there, it's Leslie Jane Seymour, the founder of Covey Club, and I'm here to talk to you about women and money today. This is our second Covey Club Covey Cast, if you want to call it that, where you can actually hear about great women doing inspirational things to change the lives of women out there. And I am really excited to bring to you my great friend, Karen Kahn, who's on the line with us. Hello. And, and she, there's Miss Karen, who is just doing something that is really incredible for women. And I lured her into spending some time with us to talk about women and money. It's an issue that, you know, my, I have to say my eyes kind of roll up in my head a little bit. Um, I am not a particular lover of dealing with money. Um, and Karen has already taught me how to deal with it and how to actually meet it head on. And she does things and says th things to me, even as a professional. I have earned my money for many, many years. I've done well. And she says things to me that I am shocked that I don't feel the right way about or I don't look at it the right way. So anyway, that's going to be our discussion today. So we're going to talk to Karen about her fabulous platform, which is called ifundwomen.com. And a lot of you um, might have gone um, onto the site when I was fundraising for Covey Club. And I raised over $26,000. And all thanks to Karen, who no, I all had thanks to you. <laughs> oh, see, there All you go. Thanks to you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but Karen was the one that encouraged me to do it, and I was not even going to try crowdfunding because I thought, why, why me? Why would I succeed? How could I do it? I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I don't have the experience. I don't know what I'm doing. And I will tell you, it is one of the best things I ever did. It taught me so much. So let's just jump in. And Karen, hello, how are you? Why don't you jump in and tell us just quickly what I Fund Women is about and what the whole point is, and then we'll go back and talk about your history. Sure. Well, first of all, you just articulated it. I mean, you, I, if you're in your next life after Covey Club is a wild success and some big media conglomerate buys it for, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, will you come and be my head of sales? Absolutely. Because what you just said is exactly the mission of the company. And the mission of the company is quite frankly, very simply to drive seed funding, aka cash, into the hands of brilliant female entrepreneurs. There are millions of us out there in the world who are want to start businesses, who have really brilliant ideas, and even just you know everyday useful ideas, and we're just lacking the confidence, the resources, the mentorship, and frankly the role models to say I can go out there and do it just like she did. So that's the mission of the company. We're a crowdfunding platform exclusively for female entrepreneurs. Uh, Multi-gendered co-founder teams are welcome because they perform better, um, says the data. But we're built for women. One doesn't exist. And frankly, we built the platform we wanted to have. This is my second startup. So oh, just so getting talk in a little bit about that. Yeah. So when did you launch iFund Women? It was very recent, right? Yeah, we launched iFund Women in on November second, twenty sixteen. Wow. So about seven months ago, a week before the election. We oh wow. Yeah. So um, I was running a startup for two years prior to that. It was a video platform. And I had done everything wrong. I had made every startup mistake in the book. I had spent too much money on my MVP, which was my minimal viable product, too much money on technology without doing appropriate beta testing, market testing. Um, and we had taken too long to get to market. I mean, literally, I was toiling away at this thing for two years trying to make it perfect. Ah, and you weren't even at market at two years? We were in market, but we weren't doing very well. We didn't have okay. a lot of customers. And so okay. what I should have, and then at the, as a Hail Mary to save the company, because we were running out of money, we did a Kickstarter. And it was two and a half years into the life cycle of the company. We had customers, we had some users, but I had spent so much money, Leslie, when I tell you, building this product. And okay. without doing the appropriate testing to see what people liked, what they didn't like. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't fail fast and fail cheap. I failed long and hard, and long and expensive. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, um, we did a Kickstarter literally a year ago over, over the summer of 2016 
to save the company. And I learned how unbelievable of a process crowdfunding is and what it teaches you about yourself, what it teaches you about your company, and what a great organizational exercise it can be for a startup. And it was, a, it was just so eye-opening. It was so empowering. You really learn who your friends are because you see who supports you and who doesn't. I mean, it really was an unbelievable sort of exercise in both business and in life. And so we had a successful crowdfund. I learned how to do it. And nobody tells you, especially women, nobody tells us how to do things. Like the tri- just the basics, like here's how you do this. Here's how you think about rewards. Here's how you think about your goal. Yes. Here's how you make your yes. goal. Here's how you do your video. Just tactical All the little things that go into a crowdfund that can make it seem so overwhelming, like I can't do that, we learned how to do it on the job. That's what I found, yes. And that's what I, when when I met you and you said, oh, you should should really crowdfund. And I was like, oh, Karen, I can't, I can barely deal with what I have to deal with. I can't do that. I don't know where to begin. How do I come up with rewards? And you walked me through exactly what to do, what, you know, awards could be, what, I mean, so, but when you first did it yourself, um, there was no one to walk you through that, right? No, there was nobody, no humans to help. And so, but, you know, everyone's got their own special talent. And right. I found that my special talent is understanding how to crowdfund. And so, um, as odd as that is, it re- I just, for some reason, we put up our Kickstarter and we only had a couple of rewards. And right away... Actually, a friend of mine who I'll give a shout out to. Oh, you know Rachel Sklar. Oh, so yes. Rachel, Rachel texted me and said, sister, you need way more rewards under 50 bucks because uh-huh. lots of people want to support you, but they're not going to give 100 or 250 or $1,000. Right. They're going to want to give 20 or 25 bucks, but they also want something tangible. So that's where I came up with, um, with stickers and notebooks and coloring books. I came up with all of these things that were inexpensive Yes. to buy on Prime, Amazon Prime. This is one of the little trade secrets. Yeah, she's, and a, big, people, she's a big shopper on Amazon Prime for rewards. I found that Prime out. Person. Yeah. I know, I love Prime. But it's great because it's free shipping and they ship right to people and it's yes. so easy. So just those little things we learned by doing. Um, and so that's the thing about iFundWomen. It's our mission to teach other women how to do it, get them funded so they can go on their way. I mean, that's simply what we do. This is what we do all day long, every day. It's coaching. And then what happens from that is the confidence builds. The confidence yes. gap kind of gets erased because now how do you, well, how do you feel, Leslie? Let me ask you. Oh, totally, absolutely. I thought I couldn't crowdfund. I thought I, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know why I would waste my time trying to bring in money when I was scrambling just to get my product out the door. And actually, it does build your confidence when you see that a lot of people um, really believe in what you're doing. And that they are willing to pitch in, you know, it could be $25 to $1,000 to what you're doing. And, and you've been toiling away by yourself, often in isolation, thinking, yes. you know, day by day, going up and down, depending on who you talk to. One day you talk to somebody who says, this is great, you're going to be great. The next day someone says, nah, no, it's never going to work. And you just, at this roller coaster. And yes. when you get out there on crowdfunding, wow, it is, it is amazing how people come out of the woodwork. You do have to drum them up. That is the lesson. But they do come out of the woodwork. And people, I have people from high school who I was so touched came out of the woodwork and funded me. I, was I know. So Isn't that the best? The emotional support that's out there, you know, and some people, old assistants giving me $20, $25. <laughs> And then people who have been part of my life for a long time stepping up out of, I mean, out of the woodwork. I was like, whoa, where, what, why are you so? And they're like, I really believe in this. I think you're going to do it. I think it's great. And you do suddenly feel when you get, you know, you've got 200 other people in there with you, even if it's $20 or $25, you are like, okay, maybe I'm not crazy. Maybe this exactly. Exactly. It gets you out of crazy, crazy town, right? It gets you out of crazy town. And in fact, we have a a video series called You're Not Crazy (laughs) on our site. I'm serious. Go to the pay it forward blog on (laughs) iPhoneWomen.com. And we have it's really weird that you said that. Leslie, you and I are very cosmically connected at all times. Remember when I guessed Covey Blue? 
She did. She could, she, so as she's saying to me what, you know, what she could put on there and she said, and I think it should be in this, you know, sort of green blue area. And I went, Karen, <laughs> nobody has seen my logo yet. It's green blue. It was very, very freaky, strange. Yeah, we have these all the time. But in any case, so yeah, we have a video series called You're Not Crazy. That's and it is exactly about the isolation that entrepreneurs feel during their development phase when you're, you know, at your house or out of a co-working space or wherever you can afford to work at the Starbucks, at the coffee shop, whatever, library. I have a friend of mine goes to the library in her town, which I think is actually right. a great idea. Right. And, but we're all very isolated and you're wondering, you're like, I believe in this so much. Am I crazy? You start yes. to go a little crazy, to be honest, you when you're in isolation. It's very difficult being an entrepreneur, yes. especially a sole founder. So yes. to your point, Leslie, this is a great one. Putting yourself out there on crowdfunding while scary, if you have the street cred and if you have the idea and if you've built it out and the people in your life know you're not just coming up with some cockamamie idea, you're a real entrepreneur, people yes. will back you, period. Yes. And, that's and the amazing thing. That's the amazing thing. And I had people from high school as well backing my crowdfunding campaign. And, and it was so... It was just so touching. And what a, I felt like there were other people that were in this with me. And I don't know if yes, you felt this way, but I felt I that feel. even the 10 or $20 people, yes. I was just as grateful to them as I was to the $1,000 people because it's all relative, right? Oh, you know, $20 absolutely. is a lot of money to people just to sort of give over to somebody's, to somebody's campaign. So that was so, one of the other lessons. Oh, totally. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter what level people come in at. It's just, and it's very touching even just to see people who are giving you 20 bucks and um, that's extremely meaningful. So talk about, you know, first your, your little history about um, you were, you've sort of been in the sales money area for a long time, right? You told me that you do, um, that you were in sales marketing at one point. Um, yes. So I've always been in the monetization area, which is monetization. Like, yeah. Okay. Which is like Google nerd speak for, for sales. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was born and raised in the internet. I've really never had a job outside of like one year working at a trade show production company, which I was doing sales. Um, I was born and raised in the internet. I started at salon.com in 1998 in wow. New York City. I felt I was I moved there from Boston. I felt like Mary Tyler Moore going through Times Square with, you know, I'm going to make it here. This whole sort of like internet digital revolution was just starting and I was so excited to have a job at this very chic web magazine which is still around and decidedly yes. a little less chic, but that's okay. Yes. Um and uh so I worked at Salon for about a year selling banners and I realized very quickly that the internet was going to be all about performance marketing. So when I was selling banners to banner brands, ads is what you banner mean, ads, right? those like banners, like the punch the monkey banners at the top, at, yeah, your, at the top of your feed, which at you no longer top, well, you don't see that much. You anymore. don't see them. No, they're horrible. They don't work. No they're one 68 cares. Sixty eight by 60s. No, they're t like people. That's the epitome of banner blindness. But right. back in nineteen ninety eight, that was like the thing. So you sold sure. them, but. Nobody clicked on them, and when they did, like, it was just a bad experience. So I um, talked to the media buyers at the agencies where I was selling, and I said, hey, you know, this internet thing is going to be about performance marketing, so which, what ad platforms on your media plan work the best? And they said, search. And I said, hmm. So I sent my resume into Lycos, AltaVista. Okay. And Google, and this was okay. back in 2001. Wow. And Google, I sent my resume to jobs at google.com, okay. and I, I was hired two weeks later. Oh, my God. They were a baby company then, right? They were a baby company then. I was employed wow. 213. Yep. Oh, my God. Incredible. So, you know, I, you know, the confidence gap didn't come to me. <laughs> the confidence, confidence issue never was never really a thing for me. Mm -hmm. Until I became an entrepreneur. Okay. So, you know, I was selling advertising for Google and YouTube for 10 years. Google bought YouTube in 2006. And so I was running a monetization group there, learning all about video. Um, my team kind of invented native video and branded entertainment on the web at YouTube, which was really kind of very interesting stuff when you take big brands and marry them into video. 
Okay. And then after 10 years at uh, Google and YouTube, I went to AOL to run a uh, video for AOL and the HuffPost, monetization of video. So I was always good at taking things and making money for people. Ah, but okay, that's a, the link. Okay. That's the link. That's the link. I'm good at making money for people. Um, but, you know, the reason I became like this crazy uber feminist is because when I was at YouTube, I was making so much money for male creators uh -huh. because the female creators didn't have enough quote unquote scale to go and sell them to, you know, P&G or Unilever or Pepsi or Coke or any of the big CPG advertisers that I was, uh, you know, representing. You had to and when scale. you say creators, you mean the people who are out there creating shows and videos exactly. on YouTube. Yep. It was mostly the, the men who were getting funded. They were getting advertising on theirs exactly. versus the women. Wow. Incredible. Exactly. So you and saw the, the inequity there. They, just had more, they had more views. They, they had, had more, more views. views and wow. YouTube was like sort of like the gaming, cats on skateboards, you know, okay. goofy kind of young male 18 to 24 sort of demo that back then. Okay. So it made sense. It wasn't that Google was trying to, you know, doing anything wrong. It was just that they put YouTube was, you know, was an independent company and the people, the early adopters of YouTube were young dudes. Guys, <laughs> so, you know, when the early adopters of a platform take a platform and bring it up to it, make it a rocket ship, that's sort of the, the growth audience that goes with it. So I was, you know, doing eight figure deals with, with, with companies on behalf of, you know, these little dudes. And I was like, uh, I had a real come to Jesus. I'm like, I, this is not what I want to be doing. Like, it does not okay. feel good to be making all this money for white guys. Okay. So I, when I went to AOL, I decided that I was going to start my career in feminism and make money for women. And so I didn't tell anyone I was doing it because I was working for a lot of the same people um, that I work for at Google. But I just basically went and I spent all of my time making money for women. And that's kind of le what led me to iFundWomen. After three years, I went off on my own and started my startup, my first startup, which was a video platform for women. So the idea was to create a platform for female video creators to get discovered. Okay. And monetize. And, you know, it's a good idea and someone's going to do it. I think I was a little before my time and I also think that Too like... Early. Too early and also didn't test, didn't do proper testing. Leslie, we have this thing going on right now at iFundWomen, which is called Perfect is the Enemy of Done. Mm, excellent. Women love to be perfect, don't they? We've had to be perfect our whole lives. Perfection, yep. and I, I really do think, remember that you know you had to not only be intelligent in school or on your job, but you had to look good too, and you had to dress well too, and you had to have a lot of friends, and you had to be able to throw a good party, and you had, and the men, meanwhile, were just sort of rolling out of bed and just trying to, you know, make it each day, right? We're, we're victims of perfection in many ways. Absolutely, no question about it, and that's one of the things that we are coaching women on through our own mistakes, right? So um, in my first startup, I was striving for perfection with okay. my technology product. I'd come out of Google and AOL, these you know big tech behemoths that have hundreds and hundreds of engineers, thousands of engineers that, that work on these products. And I was brainwashed into thinking that my initial product had to be perfect or wow. everyone was going to judge me. Right. And that was frankly just wrong and irrational okay. and not a good way to do it. The way entrepreneurs should do it is put out what's called a minimum viable product, an MVP, and right. spend as, only spend as much money as you're comfortable losing That's or right. that you can crowdfund That's right. to put out your MVP. It's not going to be perfect and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be perfect. You should put out a good enough one, let people test it, get feedback, and actually listen to the feedback. And this is another thing that I didn't do right in my first startup, which was I had spent so much money putting out this product, I was afraid to hear the feedback because yes. I was like, well, I'm out of money. So what am That's I going right. to do if they say, what I don't like do? it, right. what are you going to do? I'm screwed. Right. So, so it was such a lesson to learn. And I just, I love being able to pay forward my experiences and failure in entrepreneurship so that other women can not make those mistakes. Really, I make, give, nothing gives me better, more pleasure than to tell everybody what not to do. Because I, right. you know, I've lived it. Let's talk about women and crowdfunding. Why did you feel, you know, some people would say, oh, well, you're just creating another ghetto, right? If it's just women and it's sub 
doesn't this say that it's, you know, it has to be, women can't participate in what men do. What is the thinking behind making it only a women's site? And what are the benefits of it? And then what are the dangers of it? That's a great question. And no one's ever asked me that before. So let me start out by saying that half of the backers that are on iFundWomen, so these these are the people that are contributing to people's campaigns, are men. Uh And, And we very purposefully market to men and women because women get two to six percent of venture funding dollars. Women which is of so color, crazy. Which is crazy. Today. Women of color get 0.2 percent. Yet so women crazy. of color are the fastest growing uh, entrepreneurial segment in the country. Crazy. And we are such a huge economic opportunity and men, uh, men want to be in on that. So our funders, our iFundWomen Inc., our investors are all men. Why? Because they want to make money. We are a massive economic opportunity and men realize that. So we don't look at it as any sort of, we look at it as a complete positive. And the fact that there was a white space, that there's no other crowdfunding platform for women, all people had was, you know, Kickstarter, which is, you know, tech gadgets and gizmos and a lot of boys and their toys, which is awesome. Kickstarter, you know, started it all. Very cool kid, but very, you know, not everybody gets into Kickstarter. There are women that we know who are fabulous entrepreneurs, uh, you and I, Leslie, who mm-hmm. were, didn't get into Kickstarter because they weren't quote unquote cool enough. Yeah. But that's, so that's not what we're about. We are about any women entrepreneur who's starting a business, whether it's you know, business services or a data company or a farm to table food restaurant or a media platform, you know, the list goes on. We're topic agnostic. And you know, we are literally about entrepreneurship and small businesses run by women. So the market opportunity is massive. Get this. Ready for this one? Guess how many new businesses are started by women every single day in this country? Every Ooh, day. I have no idea, but tell me 1100. the number. 1,100. Ah, phenomenal. 1,100 new businesses are started every single day. So about 400,000 new That's businesses incredible. are started by women every day in this country. The economic opportunity, if women are given or earn the seed money that they need to get their businesses off the ground, to get their websites created properly, to create their first run of their product and do that without a loan, what a win. I mean, the fact that it's not a loan. Think about that too. Yeah, that, I think that's one thing for people to understand um, is that it's not a loan. It's actually, and you're not giving away equity on this site. You are giving away, you know, you're giving away, I've, I had my uh, Covey Club mugs made, you're giving away um, postcards with a, you know, little saying on it that you might write. I gave away um, two internships. And actually, the crazy thing, and this was your idea, Karen, was to have interns. I'm desperate for interns. Two people bought the internships, and the kids who came and worked for me are amazing. So I oh, somehow so I got, to hear that. oh my God, I got so lucky. Someone paid me to send me their amazing um, daughters who are just incredible. I'm trying to You're convince them lucky. all. You're not lucky. They are lucky. So oh, you have to, but I'm you trying have to, to con- flip the script. Yes. They are I'm lucky. To- You're a media icon. <laughs> you are a media icon. Yes. Media, media icon empire. here. Yes. You are, Leslie. No, it's very are. funny. This is, this, is, this, is, this is so important to flip the script on that specifically. So, but it is wonderful when you've been yes. struggling Everybody and you wins. have been... Und, you know, inundated. No one understands until you've done it, especially you've been a corporate cog like I have my whole entire career. And then you get out and you try to become an entrepreneur. And it's just the daily minutia of getting, you know, even just confirming your schedule for the next day take, can take an hour. Um, yes, or absolutely. it's just or getting your email crazy. marketing up, which now I'm dealing with too, which is not easy. So, talk about how many women have come and funded on iFundWomen. And what's the average amount of money they make? It's a great question. So right now we've got 120 women, 120 companies who are funding on iFundWomen, which is really exciting. Um, on average, people raise about $7,500 to $10,000. That's the okay. average. And that keeps going up, which is great. Um, and you know, there's no minimum. So if you need to raise 2,500 to buy like new computers or a new oven or something for your business to grow, that's fine too. You can do something small. And then we've got Cindy Gallup's company, Make Love Not Porn, where they're trying to reinvent how people consume porn on the internet to make it safer and more real world 
for for the viewers, which I'm a big proponent of. And she's raising half a million dollars on the platform. So it really runs the gamut between, you know, big endeavors and little endeavors. And, and that's great. It's based on whatever you need to raise in your company. But one of the things, Leslie, you and I have been talking about, which is so interesting, is that the women 40 and up, yes. so these are the Gen Xers and the baby boomers, are the best crowdfunders. I call them baby X. When you put the two together, baby Ooh, X yeah. is this enormous cohort. And yes. they're all over 40 now. And, you know, 40, 50, 60. And it's so interesting to find out why is that, that women, older women, because we tend to think of entrepreneurship and especially crowdfunding as something for our kids, right? Why yeah. are the older women doing better on your site? And is that across the board or just on iFundWomen? So I think, I'll tell you why I think the reasons are. Um, and I love Baby X, by the way. I'm totally going to use that. And I will, I will, I will footnote you because that's brilliant. Um, I actually stole that from, I have to give a shout out to S Sabina, who was one of my publishers at Moore who came up with that. And it was totally a genius cohort idea. Big market. Okay, so Sabina, Baby X cohort, giving you, you all the props for that. Okay, so the Baby Xers, I believe the reason why we, and I'm a Baby Xer, do better is because of the following. We, number one, we have bigger networks. We've lived longer. We have more friends. We have high school, college, childhood, maybe summer camp, you know, first job, second job, third job. Think about how many people you know in the corporate world who you've become, you know, stayed friends with through Facebook all over these years. You know, I have 4,000 Facebook friends. You yes. have even more. You have a huge yes. follow. Yes. So, you know, so we have bigger networks. So that's number one. Number two is we were raised to talk to people face to face. We yes, were talk not about raised. That. Yeah, we weren't raised with a phone in our hand, and we weren't raised to text. Not saying we can't do those things. Of course, we can. We're very technologically savvy. However, when you're raised to go out and play and ride your bike to the store and have independence and go to the study hall and the library to study and the Dewey Decimal System, all of these things that you know your listeners will know because they're baby Xers, but you know all these things that my children are like, what the heck is the Dewey Decimal System? Right. You know, we were, we were born and raised to talk to people. And when you are fundraising, whether it's crowdfunding or equity fundraising, you need to talk to people. You need to clearly convey your passion and your vision and your business model and your numbers. And you need to ask for money. And that can't be done with your head buried in, in, in the phone. And so that's the fundamental difference. You know, the, the millennials, the young mills, and I think they're getting better. They're, they're starting to mature, which is good, and, and realizing the value of face-to-face -face interactions or IRL interactions in real life is what I call it. In real it. life, yes. Yeah. They, all, they all say IRL. Yes, I'm, getting, I'm learning that term. Yes. It's very, I love IRL because I feel that that is where, that's where the, the magic is, is in general in IRL, whether it's fundraising or you know, interacting with your customers, understanding a marketplace, or just talking to people or making friends. The, the magic happens IRL. You just can't replace that face-to-face -face interaction with anything over the phone or over a text. And so that's sort of a very meta, like woo-woo way of talking about why baby Xers perform better. But at the end of the day, you are getting funding for your business. You have to ask people, hey, Leslie, you know what? I'm so excited. I'm launching my company finally. We're doing a crowdfunding campaign. You know, you've been so generous with your, you know, your time and your, you know, all of your advice. And now I'm going to ask you to be generous with, with, a, with a contribution. Can I count on you for 50 bucks? Of course, I'm so excited for you. Congratulations, mazel tov, whatever. You can have that conversation to, with a million people. Whoever you meet, wherever you are, you can have that quick conversation, which is why you raised your money so quickly. I mean, well, you raised your money in a month. Like you just sat there, you did it, you went down your list, you're like, who do I know? What can they give? Let me ask for what they can afford. Not make anybody feel uncomfortable, make people feel welcome. And that's, that's you know, those are skills that you learn over time. And interestingly enough, though, let's talk a little bit about that. Because you, you had to coach me into asking for money. I found it very hard, especially after coming out of corporate life, where I was not on the money asking side, I was on the side of doing things for people mm -hmm. for free. That was what editorial was. I find it very difficult to ask for money. 
And you were very good at coaching me into um, teaching me how to do that and that it's not putting people in a bad situation. It's not, you know, it's not hubris. It's not all this stuff. What is this, this thing that women have, and is it strictly female, about asking for money that's so hard? Well, I think there's a lot of crowdfunding shame that goes on. That's a, that's a, millenni- that's a millennial speak. Oh. But there is. There's, there's crowdfunding shame. I think that Like meaning what? what meaning that, that y- you know. You shouldn't so have to ask. You should fund out of your own pocketbook if you're our age. Is that? That, yes. I think there's some of that. I think that there is. Um, and I don't think men have that. When you look at all of the campaigns on Kickstarter and Indiegogo, you know, I, men just don't have that. They stick to business. They're like, this is my business. This is my right. startup. Do you want to pre-buy my product? Right. So when we were able to flip the script with you and say, this is my business. This is my product. Do you want to pre-buy a membership? You yes. were able to go out and do it. Yes. Right? So you got to, women feel like, oh, they make it personal. They make it about themselves. And that's yes. where the shame and the uncomfortability and all that stuff comes in, where you make it about your business and supporting your business or pre-buying a product pre-tail on your business, it pre-tail, changes it entirely. It. Pre-tail, okay. exactly. And you, have a, you had a great price point and a great value prop, which was an annual subscription for $100 to the most quality content you're going to get. You cannot get this for free anywhere else. This is not junk. This is going to be something that you love and that's going to be a respite for you from the internet craziness. I'm yes. in on 100 bucks a year. I mean, yeah. that to me is like a no-brainer. That's something I want. You actually yes. have a product people want. And that's yes. the other thing about crowdfunding. Not everybody's going to be successful. And there's many reasons why, but sometimes it's just that people don't really dig your product. And right. isn't it better to find out now before you went along? Like if people didn't back you, wouldn't yes. you rather like find yes. out now before you banged your head against the wall and probably invested lots of your and own spent money? Spent more spent yes. more of my own money. Yes. Yes. So so let's talk about that. When and at what point there are a lot of women um in uh the Covey Club circle who are either entrepreneurs or budding entrepreneurs or who are thinking seriously of having a second act and they want to leave their job or they're unhappy with their job, they'd like to start something on the side. At what point do they walk up to crowdfunding and say, it's time for me to do an ifundwomen.com raise? At what point? So, yep. I would say the earlier the, earlier the better. So you need to have a, a domain name purchased. You need to have a brand that's in the works. Uh, you need to have, you know, your social handles claimed. And you need to be out there in the world having been either blogging about this topic or talking about the business, this can't come out of nowhere. So let me give you an example. One of the women who had a successful raise on iFund Women, um, it's a yoga baby line called Satnam Babe. Oh, I saw that. Very cute. Yeah, adorable. From this fabulous yoga instructor out of um, Brooklyn. So she has had a yoga blog for years. And Jen Columbia is her name, and her company is called Satnam Babe. She has wanted to create baby clothes out of recyclable uh, containers for years. And she's been blogging about it. She's been talking about sustainable manufacturing on her blog for a long time. She announced that she was going to start her first line a year in advance on her blog. I mean, this is extreme. She took her, all of her readers through her journey of finding the right manufacturer and finding the right seamstress and finding the right pattern maker and, you know, really, really the whole process of sustainable manufacturing. She blogged about it. And, you know, that when she was ready to launch her campaign, everybody in her circle knew this wasn't Uh out of nowhere. So Uh it's not like she was far along and she didn't have customers. She didn't even have, she was raising money to get her samples made. And so, but everybody knew that she was starting this business, that she was really in this industry, that she was dedicated and devoted. And that's really what women need to think about. Is this out of thin air? If it's out of thin air, then I would say you're not ready. Uh-huh. Um, okay. So you have to have you have to be kind of formulated. You have to have a like you don't have to have a business plan, but you do need to have what? A one sheet Street on cred. who Street you're cred. who you're chasing and what the point is where you need to be able to write it down in a full sheet. I would, would say more say? than that you need street more than that. cred. Street okay. cred is basically 
do people on the street that know you know that Leslie is um, about media for baby Xers? Do okay. they know you're, you know, you're a pr- you're a producer of quality media? Yes. Right. So when you come yes. out with a platform and a community for women, for baby X women, it makes sense. Sp- it makes sense. You I know, see. All of Jen's the Satnam Babe um, companies, her whole community for years. She's in the yoga space. She's been blogging about wanting to make the, these clothes. So when she came out and did it, it was like we get it. Yes, we're in. So you just can't come out of nowhere okay. with an idea and expect people to buy in. People need time to know that you're serious about it. So you don't need a business plan. You don't need a one-sheeter. You know, having a website is helpful. If you don't have a website, having a blog that you've been doing for a while about that topic is helpful. And you need, you know, you need to start formulating what your product is going to be. So you, when you're telling a story on the video... It's a cohesive, believable, honest, truthful story about your business and your business so idea. It's, so it's really the first step after you put your own money in. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't even necessarily have to be your own money because a lot of people don't have their own money to put in. Okay, so it could They're be real- before you've even invested your own money that right. you decide to crowdfund with the idea that you've already been out there a little bit discussing what you're going to do. Absolutely, because okay. we don't want crowdfunding to be a 1% luxury, right? Okay. It, that's very important. We want, we want to democratize the way women raise money. And so most Americans don't have their own money to put into their business. And that is A-OK. They're working two jobs. They've got kids. They, you know, they shouldn't, frankly, put their own money in their business because 92% of startups fail, which is totally fine. But don't, you know, don't go broke or don't take out a loan to start your business. If you have street cred and you have been talking about your business, blogging, you have a website, maybe you've sold a little bit of your product, you've been out there and you're ready to take it to the next level, crowdfunding is perfect for you because you can then go do that next step. Because when you think about it, the people that gave you 20 bucks, at the end of the day, are they going to miss that $20? No. Of course not. Right. Exactly. So that's the point. It's, it's not about like, did you put your own money into it? It's, are you a real entrepreneur? Are you trustworthy? Does your community trust that you are going to tr- go out and try your best and make the world a better place for your product? Great. Those are the metrics. It's not about, did you put your own money in? Now, what about this crazy stuff with crowdfunding where we hear, you know, some kid put a thing on Kickstarter or whatever and to fund making a better peanut butter sandwich and made a million dollars or whatever. Is that, is that just hearsay and it's not true or is all that over? Was that the original crowdfunding cuckoo-ness and yeah. now we're not there? Okay. No, no, it's all true. I mean, so um, Kickstarter, having a, a campaign that goes viral on Kickstarter is like having a video that goes viral on YouTube. It takes planning, promotion, marketing dollars and frankly you know it's it's mostly uh i hate to say it it's white boys and their toys so i actually just mm-hmm. did we just pulled some research from a very recent um report from the Kaufman Institute and from UC Berkeley and the top 15 highest grossing kickstarters in the history of ever 94% of the creators were men so, and they were all in gaming gadgets and gizmos is what I call them. Interesting. So it's the world's greatest backpack. It's a new, you know, game called like Death Patrol or something. Uh-huh. It's, you know, it's, it's films. There are things that are very male focused and that, and the backers are very male focused. And so that's the reality of virality on, on Kickstarter. It just is. It's, it, that's... They were born out of this sort of like Brooklyn, techie, male-driven world. That's their core users. Right. So for women entrepreneurs who don't fall in that bucket, that ain't going to happen for us. Like that's just not going to happen for us. Right. So how do you, how do you get people that what, what people say to me is, oh, why should I go to iFundWomen? It's so small. No one's going to find me there. Whereas if I go to Kickstarter or these big things, they send out emails and there's thousands and thousands of people who will see it. How do you focus and how do you compete being the, you're the little guy fighting Goliath out there? Yeah. So um, 
So one of the biggest myths about crowdfunding is that when you go on a big platform like Indiegogo and Kickstarter, the magical money elves find you and they fund your business. And the reality is, and this is from someone that just did one recently on Kickstarter, is that all 187 backers that we had, I knew personally. Just yes. like all of the people, all of your 200 backers on iFund Women, you knew personally. Yes. That's how there it were, works. There were maybe, I would say, like 10 strangers there oh, who were good. probably more readers. But yes. Good. Who I didn't know their names specifically. But yes. Oh, that's fabulous. That's great. Yeah, I'm happy to hear that. There were some strangers there. But, not, but generally, yes, you're correct. Yep. So, um, so that is the biggest thing about crowdfunding is that for most people, in, save for the ones that go viral, which is very rare for most people. And, you know, Kickstarter has about 60,000 campaigns a year. So when you think about the, you know, the couple that go viral, it's a very small percentage. Um, it, they, we have to work to get the money. So all of these platforms, they're bigger only because they have more campaigns. That's right. the bottom line. And right now, to be discovered on iPhone Women is the place to be discovered for female entrepreneurs because we're yes. small. Everybody gets a turn being on the homepage. Everybody gets a turn being in slot in the top row. We promote you on our social. We promote you all over the place. We're tweeting. Uh, we're talking about you in conferences. We're getting you press. It's, we are much more hands-on with each and every entrepreneur because we can be because we're small and it makes a big difference. The fact that you had 10 people you don't know, whether they were from your list or our list, like that makes me thrilled. Yes. That's what we want are more people that you don't know. Yes. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, really at the end of the day, all the platforms, we're all built on the same technology. I mean, literally yes. we're all built on the same technology. Our differentiator is that we're just for women. We pay forward 20% of our profits into a live say, campaign on the site. Talk yep. about that. Good. Pay it forward. So, Leslie, so you, you know, we charge a 5% fee or a 10% fee depending on what you, what services you get from us, but let's just call it 5% for now. 20% of that fee, we pay forward into campaigns on the site. So every month we have a little pay it forward party. We give real money to campaigns, and that is something that nobody else is doing. And then we offer the coaching, the crowdfunding coaching and the video production, which really helps women get started and get them over the hump of saying they're going to do it. Because when That's women right. decide we're going to do it, we have a better chance of succeeding than men do. The data shows that when women can get over that hump and get over the confidence gap and make their businesses work, we actually have a higher success rate than men do. But it's just getting us over that you know, confidence gap. That's the issue. So with iFund Women, you can come in and just set it up yourself if you're good at making videos and all that. What about you know, your charging for... Um, someone to literally just, you just hand it off and say, I can't handle this. I don't know how to make a video. I don't know what I'm doing here. Give me an idea of what that costs and how long it takes. Cause I think there are a lot of women out there and, and I was one of them and you convinced yeah. me to, to move over that was like, Oh my God, I don't, how am I going to learn how to make my own video? I can't. So what do you charge for that? And so women understand how long does that take to get them up and running if they want to be totally coached and want you to yeah. do it for them. It is so reasonable. So it is $1,500. You get a video turned around in about 10 days, uh, fully produced graphics package, the whole works. You own the video. And you also get three hours of coaching with yours truly. And I'm going to tell you what to do. <laughs> and I'm you gonna, put I'm the gonna, whole thing up. That was the, the, the thing, thing that we did. We and do so turnkey, basically turnkey. Exactly. It's so reasonable. And like, if you can't invest that in yourself and in your business, right. really, you shouldn't be in business in the first place. That is so inexpensive to get your campaign up and going and done well and done right. And then you go out and raise your money. You got your seed money. So, and that, um, so if anybody wants to go look at what the turnkey looks like, they can go look at the Covey Club on ifunwomen.com and see. Karen did the whole thing. She literally came up with, because I was like, I don't know what to offer as, as rewards. I really had no idea. And literally, they sat down with me and did the whole thing. So let's just finish up by talking about, I really, when I did this campaign, I just dawned on me, and it seems so stupid to say at this point, but because I've you know been writing about finance for so long and finance and women, and we used to have a finance column at Moore, and I've been doing this for so long, but I 
definitely have this sense that the new way to look at feminism is through money. And I think you're out there on the forefront of it, Karen. So can you talk a little bit about the news? The new feminism is getting money to women, isn't it? Yes. Yes. When women have financial freedom, we have the freedom to make all the decisions in our lives according to our own value systems and beliefs. And whether that's decisions about our own health, decisions about our families, decisions about you know, how we want to live our lives, it all comes down to having financial freedom. It is. I mean, and, and we have not, we have been taken the back seat historically to the careers of our, you know, husbands, the men in our lives, you know, our partners. And those days are long gone, thank goodness. But now we need the training and we need the coaching and we need just the DNA, frankly. My daughter, my daughter who's 10, her DNA will still know nothing but a black man is president and I will earn my own money and like support myself and that's what she knows. Those are the two things she knows. Our generation, we have to really reprogram our brains to um, think about money in a way that's like, we own our own power. It's all up to us. We cannot depend on other people. And that's a hard, it's a hard thing to reprogram, but we can do it. I think that, you know, the, the Gen Zers and the millennials are in a much better position to own their own financial freedom because they have to, because their parents, the boomers, you know, they're in debt. <laughs> they can't yes. take care of them. You know, this is the first generation that's not going to do better than their parents. So there's been no choice but for the millennials and the Gen Zers to learn about supporting themselves. But for the, ex the baby Xers, we, we have to reprogram ourselves. So one last question for you, Karen. What would you leave women with who have an idea and they are trying to think about how to make it come to life? You know, it's something they've been kicking around. Again, they may be working currently. They may be thinking about a next act. They may be thinking it's something they can only do on the weekends. They're not sure whether it's really a business or not. How do they make that step? It is really a tough step to get going and, and how can crowdfunding help them? So if they've been kicking it around and doing it on the weekends and are passionate about it and have been doing it on the weekends and kicking it around for about a year and they're blogging about it or Facebooking about it and really sort of publicly have a stake in the ground about I care about X, Y, and Z, do it. Buy okay. your domain name, claim your social handles, Start, you know, creating some, some digital assets, very simple sort of website, splash page. Just start creating and start getting your campaign going because now is the perfect time. But you have to have a website or a Facebook page or a blog or something tangible online that people can look at to know that you've been in this domain for a little bit. So, it, But if that's where you are, and you're ready to start the business, you're ready for an iFund Women campaign. There's no question about it. So go to the site, and there's lots of places you can get our attention. You can either put in a campaign, click Create Campaign, put in your information, and somebody will, and just save your draft, and somebody will reach out to you, either myself or Kate or Sarah or Conchetta. We're all on the same team. Or you, there's a bunch of places where you can say book a coach or apply for more information. There's a million places to get our attention. But if you are in that group of you have a website, you have a Facebook page, you've been blogging, you've been kind of doing it, and you're now like, all right, you know what? I need $10,000 of seed money to go and make my first X, Y, and Z. You're ready. Okay. No more waiting. Just go do it. Life is short. You get hit by a bus tomorrow. And then what? <laughs> you didn't start your business? Seriously. Uh, it's true. true. It's, it's true. true. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? And that's a great way to end our discussion today. And Karen, you are the one that convinced me to stop waiting. Don't wait for it to be perfect. Move out there. Get some, uh, some help so it's not just coming out of my wallet. And the emotional boost, I have to say, and the mental boost was as valuable for me as the money and maybe more valuable in terms of, wow, I'm not crazy. I may actually have something here and look at all these people who actually believe in me. Now, the answer could be they're crazy too, but that's great. <laughs> they're not crazy and neither are you. 
So wonderful, Karen. Thanks so much. And everybody reach out to Karen on ifundwomen.com. And I hope you will all go out there, fund other women. You can find great products there and great ideas and great enterprises that will inspire you. And if you're ready to do it, I really, really do believe that iFundWomen is just a wonderful place to do it. And we can all support women together. So thanks, Karen. I appreciate it. Take care. Thank you, Leslie. Thanks, everybody. Talk soon. I just want to thank all of you for joining us today for our discussion with Karen Kahn about women and money, which we know is so important. And I want to remind you, you can find the CoveyCast podcast at podbean.com or iTunes. We're in both places. And the only thing I'm asking for everybody out there is please share and share on Facebook, tweet it out, share it with your daughters, put it out there however you can. We want as many people, and it can be men and women, to be inspired by these stories and to understand that women are out there trying to change the world. And we just need a little bit of exposure. And don't forget to go to CoveyClub.com. And if you subscribe, you will uh, get our wonderful newsletter. Uh, We will have our subscription model up soon. We're not quite there yet, but right now you can uh, sign up anyway. And eventually we will have the whole subscription thing going. As Karen said, MVP, minimal viable product. That's what I'm doing. So bits and pieces are coming along. Uh, I want to also thank my wonderful nephew, John Alba, who is producing this podcast for me. Without him, I could not do this. As I said to him, your poor aunt cannot learn one more bit of tech. I am going crazy. And he stepped in to help me. He is just a wonderful fabulous producer and you can see him on television in Maine as a wonderful sportscaster so anyway thank you John and thank you all for listening take care